Pornhub. Pornhub. The Pornhub Podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Pornhub Podcast. Today's guest is Kathleen Hama. She is a sex education expert giving parents tips to have the modern day sex talk. Along with being a university lecturer, she has an extremely helpful and resourceful YouTube channel, as well as an Instagram account and a TikTok account, helping parents to talk to their kids about sex. As you all know, I am the mother of two small children. Uh, My kids are still three and zero, but sex education has been heavy on my mind lately. We're living now in a day and age where I need to prepare my kids for all of the information that's available. It's just a quick internet search away. And if I don't appropriately prepare them for that information, it could be super damaging for them. And I don't mean this just as a porn star either. If we as parents don't talk to our kids about sex and we just hope that they'll learn about it from somewhere else, there's a good chance that their first encounter with sex or porn or whatever will be so devastating and scary and just really confusing. So when should I start talking about sex to my kids? When should I start talking about consent, masturbation, porn? How do I raise my kids to be free of the shame that I grew up with? How can I equip them with all of the knowledge they need to grow into sexual beings in the most safe and healthy way? I'm a sex worker. My whole life is sex. If I don't know how to address these things with my kids, I can only imagine that other parents out there are, at the very least, curious too. I reached out to Kathleen to help me navigate this topic so I don't totally fuck it up. She gave me some great tips and explained everything in a really easy way where I actually feel pretty confident now to start the sex talk with my kids. She broke it down into a timeline so that I know exactly when to talk about each topic, and she gave me scripts so that now I have the language to educate my kids in those topics. Um, I learned so much in this interview, and I hope you do too. Hey, Kathleen. Hey, thanks for having me. Thank you so much for being here because I, I can't lie, like this this episode is completely motivated by like my personal desire. <laughs> um, you know, like now I have kids and this is, you know, like I'm a porn star, right? I'm a sex worker. I am in the business of sex. My whole life is sex. And I thought before I ever had kids, I thought I knew how to talk to kids about sex, right? Like it's, <laughs> you know, like I want to teach them no shame, um, you know, sex positivity. Like I want to teach them re- the real names of all the body parts, all this stuff, you know. You, but when push comes to shove, I'm like, oh shit, like my kid is three <laughs> now and I, I don't know what I'm – like I don't have the words. Like I don't know that this isn't how I was raised. I don't know what to do. Um, That's totally normal. Uh, Whether you're a porn star or not, it's totally normal when it comes to talking to your kids about sex to feel nervous. And I'm a sex ed expert. I've worked in the field of human sexuality for, for over a decade. And I've taught kids from elementary all the way through the university level. And then when my kid asks me a sex question, I'm like, 
I don't want to fuck this up. I want to get this right because it's my kid. That's the thing is it's scary because like you could be setting them up for like a lifetime of sexual shame, which bleeds into all these other things. So like I want to do the right thing. I think I can only imagine that most parents out there want to do the right thing. We just don't have the language or, you know, the 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 education ourselves of like how to do this. Um, so like one thing that I I hear a lot about when it comes to sex ed with kids is like we always want to we we want to like be open with them and just talk to them about sex, but always do it in like an age appropriate way, right? Mm-hmm. And then like, but then that to me like a lot of what I'm hearing ends there, and I'm like, well, what is age appropriate? Like, what does that mean? Like, please continue. Oh, and then you're it not doesn't. the only one. You're not the only parent who's like, what do I say? What What's the right thing to say? And and I think that's why I started doing the work that I did. I started making YouTube videos for parents on the sex talks because um, there is like, you'll hear these like PSAs or these organizations come out and say, hey, start talking about sex with your kids. Start talking early. Make sure they have all the right information. Make sure you're giving them, um, make sure there's no shame and it's open and all of that thing. And then they then they cut off. And I'm right. I'm, okay, great. So I'll start early. What is early? When? Yeah. Like, <laughs> right. So I guess that's, you know what? Literally, that is my first question. Like, my, so my kids are three and zero. What is Congratulations, the age? by the way. That's oh, a, thank that's you. A, that's a lot of work right there. <laughs> three and zero. Thank you very much. But like, what, what is the right age to start talking about sex? Now. Okay. And and that sounds really ridiculous um, yeah. because uh, the, like a lot of people will say, okay, what's the right age to talk, start talking about sex? And I'll say, now, whatever ki- age your kid is right now, start talking. If you haven't had any conversations up to that point, you're going to have a lot of catching up to do. But okay. zero and three is actually a great age to start talking. Um, so because having the sex talks with your child, if you think of it from this view, is about preventing um, abuse. It's about building their bodily autonomy. It's about developing their self-efficacy, that that belief that they can um, take care of their sexual health. It's about eventually um, making sure that they have an enjoyable sex life, whenever that may be, right? Right. And those are the things that we want to do by having the sex talks. Um, uh, and so if you and your co-parent, right? If you're co-parenting and you're on the same page about this is why we want to have the sex talks because we want to do all of these things, then yeah, basically you can start the sex talks when you bring baby home in an age appropriate way, of course. So now what is age appropriate? Right. Your second question, right? Yes. So, so you saw me like opening my mouth already. I'm like, so what do I say? <laughs> so what is age appropriate? Of course. So like, um, when I, my kids are a little bit older than yours. I have a three-year-old, but also um, a, a six-year-old. When I first brought home baby, I had that app and it was like the developmental milestones app. And mm-hmm. it was like telling me like, okay, tummy time, 30 seconds. And now tummy time, one minute. Okay. Now they should be stacking blocks, five blocks on top. Right. And I'm like, okay, great. I'm, oh gosh, she's not doing that. Did I miss something? Right. Have I ruined her whole <laughs> developmental like, you know, career? And, and so 
I use the term age appropriate in my videos for parents because I think we're used to that. We're used to what are they doing at one week, two weeks, four months, six months, and building their skills so that they can do things later on, right? Mm -hmm. So um, when it comes to age appropriate, a good rule of thumb for parents is if your kid asks you a sex question, it's age appropriate to answer it. All right. Oh, interesting. So every time a kid asks you, because because they've heard the question and they've come to you as their go-to adult for this question. And if you say, where did you hear that? Or um, uh, where did you hear that? Or who told you that? Or you're too young to hear that. They're never going to come back to you with another question. Sure. You've just shut down the lines of communication with them. Right. So if they come to you with a question, it's age appropriate to answer them. You may be caught off guard and you may say, hey, that's a really great question. I'm so glad you came to me with that question. I don't know the answer, but I'm going to, we'll, we'll find out and I'll get back to you. And then you can, you know, oh, come to my channel, you can get a book. And, but the key here is you got to go back to them. You got to go back and say, hey, I found the answer. Let's talk about it. That's interesting though. Cause I think a lot of times, like for me personally, anyway, like it, I never thought of that as an option to be like, BRB. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I don't know is an excellent phrase that I use constantly. My okay. daughter, like she knows that I will say, hey, you know, I don't know the answer to that right now because she's asking, oh, she's into dinosaurs and I am learning more about dinosaurs than I ever have in my <laughs> life. Um, and, and I'm just like, girl, I don't know the answer to that right now, but what have I always told you? We will find out later and I will get back to you and we will we'll look that up together. Okay. It's the same application to the sex talk. That's so interesting. So also like what I'm hearing from you then is like, I guess like I grew up thinking like we have the talk about the birds and the bees at a certain X age or whatever, but it sounds like rather than it being like this one conversation when you're like 12 years old or whatever – it's a series of conversations leading up to or, or or just like spread throughout their childhood. Yes, the sex talks are definitely not a one-time talk anymore, right? It's a it's a, a progression talk. And I talk about this as when it comes to the age appropriateness, when it comes to how should you be building upon information, I call this layering of information. So when I say I'm having the sex talks with my three-year-old and I'm talking about consent, that's going to be very different in terms of age appropriateness at three years old versus 14 years old when I'm talking about consent in a sexual way. Um, Oh, interesting. So like when you say like giving, okay, that's really interesting. Like, so when you say talking about sex to a three-year-old, it's not necessarily talking about sex itself, sex as an act. It's talking about consent and prepping them. Interesting. So I'm, I'm definitely at three years old. We're talking about their body parts. I'm using medically accurate terms, penis, vagina, vulva, anus. Right. Like, um, can, can you, you know, like quickly elaborate? Cause I've heard that before, like the using the right terms. Like, why is it so important that we use the correct terms for the body parts? Is it like a shame thing or? No. So I just, so yeah. So using medically accurate terms actually just makes it a lot easier to talk about all the things that you're going to be talking about when it comes to sex later on. And of course, um, 
you know, you are the parent and you can use whatever terms you want to use. But I just find it so much easier when I was explaining to my child um, where babies come from. I was like, okay, so a sperm and an egg. And then she was like, okay, um, so where does the sperm come from? The male's body, right? And it comes out of the penis and, right, and it goes into vagina. And so if I was to be saying things like, so it comes out of the wee wee and then it goes into the hoo-ha and then, um, you know, the stories come out. I don't think I could take myself seriously. <laughs> sure. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> so it's just so much easier because I know in the logical progression of things, I'm going to have to be starting to say, you know, oral sex is a penis uh, or the mouth on the penis, the vulva, the vagina, the anus, right? And and I know that's going to be a conversation I have. So if I'm already just comfortable using these terms and she's comfortable hearing it, it's going to be having these conversations later on, I feel simpler. So it's also kind of like, like a lot about like just normalizing these words being said between us, like, like in our relationship, basically, right? Like, yeah, in the parent child relationship. Yes. So to to give you an example, like, um, my, my three year old, um, when she was potty training, I was out at a I was out at the playground with her. And I was at the playground. And she's all of a sudden, I noticed when she was potty training, she was around two, she was holding her vulva, or her vulva. And I said to her, and I yell across the playground, because I'm like, Oh, God, I think she has to go. Um, Love, do you have to go peepees? You're, you're holding your vagina. And I said the wrong thing. I said okay. vagina, not vulva. But I, I know in my brain, I'm just like, okay, I don't want an accident at the playground. Come on. Yeah, let's, like let's, that is the priority here. That's the priority here. And there was a mom there who who looked at me and just goes, you say vagina with your child? And I was like, yeah, what else would I, what I, what else would I call it? And, and I scoop her up, I get her to the bathroom, we avoid an accident, parenting win of the day, I get back to the playground, and um, the mom's not there anymore. And I was just like, okay, she's not using medically accurate terms with her kids. But it's just totally normal for me too, because I've been in the sex ed field and, mm-hmm. and whatnot. So what is she calling it? And how is like, is it, is it not um, normal for her and, and, and mm-hmm, her family? Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and, and so it's just one of those things that I just say, it's, it's something easy to start with when, when the kids are younger, because now my, you know, my kids will come to me and, and she'll say, my vulva's hurting. I'm like, sure. okay, great. All right. What's hurting? And it's not this like it? dirty word, right? Right. It's not like this embarrassing, dirty word. Yeah. It's and just they, and- is what it is. And as they get older, right, like um, uh, it's now they know the vagina is not the vulva. The vagina mm-hmm. is a part of it. Um, and, you know, that's where vaginal discharge is going to come out of. And that's where the period is going to come out of. And and so it just it for me as a being a um, uh, in the sex ed field, it's, it's really easy for me to use these terms. And of course, I'm going to be introducing the slang terms to them as they get older. But for right now. Um, it's just a, it's just a comfort building so that they know what the terms are. And if, if for say they were ever like touched in a way that was inappropriate, they can tell me exactly what they can elaborate that. Sure. Yeah. That makes sense. I mean, like, even like as an adult, like I, I can say that, you know, talk, talking about things and like using language, like everything like makes 
once it's like normalized, it's like so much easier to talk about. Like even in sex, like as an adult, like I always say this, but like before I was in porn, it was hard for me to like even tell someone like, I don't like my pussy eaten that way. Right. Like it, that was hard to hard for me to say. But like mm-hmm. now that I've said it so many times, because in porn, like you just got to get with the program, you know, like it's it, it's definitely like you just get used to talking about what things you like done to your body. And and now it's so normal for me and so easy to like have these conversations, which is exactly what I want to do with the parenting thing. So like that's totally that's awesome. That's, and, and, and I mean, isn't that what we all want? We want them to be able to say what they like or what is uncomfortable with their body, what feels good for their body and, and be able to to express that. And, you know, I don't I don't imagine they're going to use medically accurate terms in their relationships. Um, but mm-hmm. I know that they'll know the right terms when they go for sexual health checkups. So sure. Um, so like back to like what you were saying about like how at three year olds, three, three years old, we can start using the appropriate language, but we can also talk about consent. Like what does um, like what does that look like or what does that sound like? Because I think for a lot of people, including myself, like I think, you know, again, like we just don't have the language. We don't have the words like <laughs> like what literally like what is the sentence that we say to start this conversation? Like what? How do I teach my kid about consent? Like, yeah. is it no, as simple as being like, I, I don't even know. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> that's okay. You don't have to know because I'll tell you. Um, okay. No, that, it's great. So it's it, this has been really fun for me. So all of my, my sex ed career in teaching um, was when before I had kids. And, and now I am actually not teaching. That's why I decided to go on YouTube and do um, making videos for parents. Um, because now um, I became a stay at home mom uh, due to some family circumstances. And it's been so fun for me to put all of this into practice and see mm-hmm. how it all plays out. So I started the consent language when my child was around 18 months old. And what Whoa. I started saying was, may I give you a, a kiss? May I give you 15 kisses? May I give you a hug? May I um, uh, clean your your body now? May I clean your vulva and your anus? May I? Um, and I started just using all of that all the time when I was bathing them, wiping them, doing the potty training. Um, and for a lot of it, it was yes, yes, right? They would nod or Right. And, and then, and then they start to get a little bit older. Right. Um, and then they start to say no. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. It's your body. Um, here's why I need to do that. If I don't wipe your vulva properly and there is still uh, urine on it, it can irritate the skin and it, and, or if I don't wipe your anus properly, it can irritate um, your anus and it can um, be itchy. So, you know, I want to make sure to do this for you and, and explain it in those ways. Okay, now may I do that? So I have been doing that from around 18 months. When she was around two years old, I was having a coffee in the kitchen and she was reading a story with her dad. And after the book ended, he like pulled her in and like gave her a kiss. And she pulled back and goes, you didn't ask. <gasps> I was like, I, I like run into the, the living room. I was like, and he, he goes, oh, may I give you a kiss? And she goes, yes, you may. What and a proud moment. Oh my God. I was like, she's been listening to me. <laughs> it's working. <laughs> I was so excited because what yeah. this means is at two years old, 
She's she's um, developed bodily autonomy. She is establishing her boundaries when it comes to her body. She is clearly voicing those boundaries with people around her. And um, she knows that, you know, now she's, she's older, right? Like she knows nobody can touch her body without her consent. Um, and, and this, this will eventually go both ways when we talk about further sex talks, right? And, we talk and how about wonderful to consent. like know that before going to heading to school and like, yeah, so, I mean, it's, it, I, mean, I mean, now she definitely is like, you don't know what's in my body, mom. And I'm like, you're right. I don't. So now you need to tell me what is hurting. Explain it to me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. So, but I'm not, I'm not pushing back on her at all. I'm like, you're right. It's your body. And I'm here to keep you healthy and safe and to try and, you know, make sure I make your doctor's appointments and make sure you're taken care of. That's my job. So you got to help me here. Interesting. Um, and like, what do you, it, it makes me think of like, Okay, I'm definitely going to start incorporating that with my kid. But like, awesome. I, I'm wondering, like, he, we also like, how do I say this without sounding like a total weirdo? But like, like a lot <laughs> of times, like, we'll, we'll be playing like a tickling game. And he'll be like, no, don't tickle me. But that's how he'll get me to come over to tickle him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm like, have I, like, have I already fucked up? Like, no, <laughs> no, like, no, I mean, like, and, and like, obviously, you know, I would like to think that as his parent, I can tell when it's a real no and a fake no. But like that, I imagine is probably like really confusing when it comes to like the topic of consent. Because like sometimes saying no is like kind of fun. Yeah, Does that make of sense? Course. Like, of course. Like, is and that just an I, instinct we have? Or like, how, what do I like? Do I, should I tell him like, how do I fix this mistake? <laughs> No, it's okay. It's okay. You haven't harmed your child in any way. Okay. Um, no, tickling is is super fun. And there's there's you, you're going to get parents who say, oh, tickling is a violation of their bodily autonomy, and, and okay. right, like they're saying no. But I I tickle my kids, um, mm-hmm. but I do so with their consent. And it's one of those things where it's a great opportunity to do like checking in consent. And I'm I'm sure working in porn, you guys did this on set, checking in mm-hmm. this still what you're enjoying. Mm-hmm. So when I play like tickling games with my kids, I'm going to be like, can I tickle you? If they say no, I'm like, absolutely not. I'm not going to tickle you because you've said no. And no means no. Okay. You have to give me a clear yes. Okay. Yeah. I and guess when you put it like that, it's like, it, yeah, no, when you put it like that, like it'll just take a few real no's to be for him to understand that like, oh, when I say no, it's right. And we're so, just not gonna and do so that. she's like, but she's like, okay. And then she'll say something like, yes, you can tickle me. And so I'll tickle her and I'll start tickling her and she'll start laughing and she'll say, stop. And I'll be like, you said stop. So I'm stopping. I, I think because of your laughing, you're enjoying it. So I'm just checking in with you. Are you still enjoying this? Do you want me to tickle you? And she'll say yes. And then I'll keep okay. tickling her. And then I'll be like, um, and then she'll say, stop. She'll say, stop. And then I was like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to stop. And now without me ever telling her, she started saying pause. She just started saying pause. She was like, pause, mom. <laughs> and I was like, okay. <laughs> that's so and she was smart. Like, okay, go again. Go, go. <laughs> that's so smart. It's, it's very like yellow light. 
right? Like not a red light, yeah. just a yellow yeah. light. <laughs> yeah. And so, so but, but the words no and stop, I want them to know that when someone tells them that, they have to respect it. And when they say it, other people will respect it. And if they don't respect it, right, that's that's not okay. And and mm-hmm. and your body deserves respect. Um, one one so. video I actually saw on your Instagram account that I found really really interesting was that um, was like this concept or this idea of using your pets if you have pets to teach the concept of consent. And I thought that was like so brilliant. Can you? Kind of elaborate on that. Yeah, sure. Um, thank you. I, I, you know, it's <laughs> funny because I, I am, I'm constantly looking for content um, to put on the social media, right? And we were pet sitting. We actually don't actually have any pets, and we were pet sitting for a month. These two gorgeous cats, and as you know, cats are very fickle, right? If they don't want you to touch them, they just get up and walk away. Now my, my, my daughters were just looking at these cats and were like, so excited to touch and play that play with them that I was like, okay, we're going to start learning about nonverbal consent here. Okay. And, um, I was like, you know, cats can't talk to you. They can't say no and stop. And I don't like that. So the cat is now, they've been playing and playing and playing and they were trying to get the leash onto the cat. But this cat really did not want the leash. The leash was apparently only for when they had to go to the airport. And um, and this cat was like, girls, I am not putting that leash on. And got up and walked away and went under the bed, like to the point where the girls just cannot reach them, reach the cats. And I was like, this is clearly the cat saying no to you, right? They can't say no, but they have walked away. And this is something that, you know, you do when you get upset with me, you walk away and you go to your room. Um, when I say no to something or you're unhappy with the decision that's been made, um, this is nonverbal, right? They are saying, I don't like this. And then when the cat did roll over and they wanted to be petted, I was like, this is verbal consent. They're rolling, they're showing you your, their belly. They want to, to play with you. And so I think that it's really helpful to utilize pets if you have them, how pets, are able to um, show you nonverbal consent. um, Totally. Teachable moments. Yeah, I think that's that's like so clever. Do you have pets? Have you been using that? I don't. No, I don't. But I just thought like that was so, so, so smart. Like I makes me kind of want to get one. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, with a zero and three-year-old, do not buy. Do not get Yeah, it's rough. <laughs> it's yeah, not now is not the time. Um so so you talk talk about consent at this young age, but like what comes after that? Like what is like the next level if if level 1 is, you know, talking about the body parts and consent. Like what mm-hmm. is level 2 and what age does that come out or around or like yeah, no, that's a great question. I've never thought of leveling um, uh, what the questions would be. Well, um, I, I wasn't like trying to be smart about it. It was literally yeah, just like, the thing that popped yeah. into my head. <laughs> yeah, you're like, okay, okay. So I've got to go back and do the, the tickling thing. All right, what's next? What, what do I got to yeah. know next? I don't, don't mess that up. Um, so usually, usually around three, four, or five, um, the question usually is where do babies come from? Okay. And, and that's, that's pretty, pretty standard. Um, probably because, uh, um, 
they're either seeing their sibling uh, coming around um, or they have aunts or uncles or, you know, they're seeing pregnant ladies um, uh, or pregnant people. And, um, and so, yeah, so they're just, they're going to ask where do babies come from? And that's usually where most people, uh, most parents feel like, okay, the sex talks are starting. Okay. Right. Where do babies come from? Um, so what is the answer? <laughs> yeah. It's actually quite simple at that, at that young age. And so this is, this might be a really good example of how I would suggest layering information. Okay. And this is why the sex talks, I think can start at an early age and how it can progress. Um, so if they were to ask you at three, four or five, um, where do babies come from at the, uh, what I call the primary age, it's really simple. You just say there's a sperm cell and an egg cell and everybody's made up of cells and the sperm cell, where do you think the sperm cell is? And they could say in the male's body, where do you think the, the egg cell is? And that's usually in a female's body and they have to come together and then they start to multiply. And then um, after 40 weeks, a baby is ready to be born. And when they are growing, they're growing in the uterus. And do you know anybody? Have you ever seen anybody pregnant or right? And they they can be like, oh, yes, I know. I know. Or I've seen and, and they're showing this excitement around it. So that's really a, a simple one. And that you that answer usually suffices. Um, it's it's for that almost age. like suspiciously simple. Like, I'm, I'm not saying I'm suspicious of you. And I'm not saying like, obviously, like, I, di I, I don't disagree. But it's just like, maybe I'm like overcomplicating this in my head. And like, maybe it's as simple as like, tell them the truth. <laughs> it right? really is. I think most parents we so when when so I think most parents, including yourself may think of that question, where do babies come from? And they quickly assume, okay, I've got to explain what sex is. Right. But you don't. No, automatically I'm thinking like, well, a man puts his, or not a man, a penis goes uh, yeah, into yeah. a vagina, right? And, and, and that way, that is how the sperm and, you know, implants an egg. And like, but I guess it's, it doesn't have to be that yet. No, no, not yet. Exactly. So you can start it off very simply with the sperm and the egg and not even introduce how they get together and let your child critically start to think about it. And so um, I have a ton of books um, that I have in, 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 our, in their bookshelf that are age appropriate and, and they love reading it. And it shows like the progression of the, of the baby um, over the 40 weeks. It shows um, the cells and it shows- um, What it, are it those coming, books? Like, do you have- uh, the titles? Yeah, so there are the titles. Oh my gosh, I don't have them off the top of my head. So maybe um, we can like post I, them like when we yes, post the the podcast. Totally. Um, and then I can make sure I have the authors with the right books. Um cool, I can cool, see cool, the books cool. in my mind, but I can't think of the names. Yeah, no, I, I <laughs> trust me, I totally understand that. Like I could I could recite some books beginning to end and not tell you the name. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's really interesting. And then like when does like the when does like the penis and vagina talk happen? Yeah. So, so is that's that the next age. Yeah. So um, at the intermediate age is, is really around seven, eight or nine. Um, but of course I, I, I say these ages and I give you age ranges because you know, your child best, right. And your sure. child will, depending on their siblings, right. Whether they're the eldest child or the youngest child, they may ask questions depending on, um, uh, you know, the, the shows that they're watching or their access to, um, 
uh, older cousins or older friends that are around, right? Like how these, how the age ranges are simply age ranges as a guide, okay? Um, so at the intermediate age, you're, they're going to be critically thinking. Okay, so if if they told me the sperm and the egg come together, but the sperm is in that body and the egg is in that body, how? How does it come together? Mm-hmm. And right there is you're going to say, okay, yeah. So the the sperm comes out of the penis and the egg is in the um, the ovary and goes into the fallopian tube and it just sits there. So the sperm is going to come out of the penis and the egg is there. So what else comes out of the penis? Urine. Okay, very good. Um, And the sperm do. So what's going to happen is the penis is going to go into the vagina. And then that's how the, um, the sperm is going to be able to reach the egg. And when you tell a seven, eight, or nine year old this, they're, they're literally going to be like, ew, what? <laughs> Penis goes into a vagina. That's got to hurt. That doesn't feel comfortable. Um, whoa, right? And that's a completely normal reaction simply because okay. the idea that sex is pleasurable, that that would feel good is beyond their comprehension yet because that doesn't sure. really come until uh, they're going through puberty that sex can be for pleasure. So then um, in the in the middle school age, the next level to this is going to be, um, okay, so you told me that the penis goes into the vagina, but how does the sperm come out? And, and, and oh parents are going to be like, what do you mean how? Yeah, so do, do they just put the penis in and then the sperm comes out? Right? That's the next logical step. That sure, they yeah. They're comfortable coming to you and you've answered all of their questions. They're going to come back to you with this question. And you're going to have like, to say. I'm just laughing because like I cannot fathom like going to my mom and being like, how do you make sperm come out of a penis? Like to me, that's so unimaginable. But obviously my mother did none of these steps leading, none of this layering, right, of information. Like literally, like so opposite of that. So I, I, I love my mom. P.S. Like it's not, no, you know, I'm not talking shit course. about her, but like, that's just, you know, she didn't know these things. Um, I don't so, think many parents layered yeah, this information. No, but I can no. see how, like, I can see how with like what you're talking about, I can see how that might, or that would definitely like set up a kid to be very comfortable in asking these things. Cause it's just like this, it's, it's just, just like what, what happens, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just what it is. So are so, you yeah. are are you oh, saying that like the sex for pleasure talk like the 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 concept of sex for pleasure like is that something like we don't even explain until later like in the intermediate ages of 7 8 9 like are we not like like do am I supposed to be like and some people have or or like and then sometimes people have sex for fun like is that not really like a thing Well so the reason you, we tend not to talk about sex as being pleasurable until around uh, the middle school age, 10, 11, or 12, when they start mm-hmm. to start going through puberty is because that is when they understand the concept that um, people will have sex, not just for making babies, but because it mm-hmm. feels good. Before that, it sounds kind of crazy that somebody would put something into the vagina or onto the mouth, right? Or to oral sex. What? Like really that sure. sounds beyond comprehension before they start to go through puberty. 
Okay. So you can absolutely explain vaginal, anal, and oral sex before the middle school age. And I actually do recommend that that you ask the, the average age that most kids ask, what is sex? And when you will have to explain the three types of sex is somewhere in the intermediate age, seven, eight, or nine. Okay. Um, okay. And it's usually because they've heard the word um, through a show or something and they're like, well, what is that? And so, yeah. So, so when you so talk about So it kind of almost pleasure, sounds like at that age, like, sorry, I, I don't really cut you off. I'm sorry. Um, I'm sorry. It, it sounds like what you're saying is like, even if like at that age, like we could potentially like say those things, but it kind of sounds like it'll almost like go right over their head. Like, yeah, I mean, like they can't fathom that it would be pleasurable kind of thing. Exactly. The the brain development and the and the um, development of the child just doesn't understand that as being pleasurable. And and that is completely normal. Right. Like, mm-hmm. And when you say that, when when I when I explain that a penis goes into the vagina in order for a, um, a baby to be made um, and my daughter was just like, what? That sounds <laughs> it really hurts. And I was like, yes, that because that is something adults do. And adults make babies, and that is something you would not do as a child. But when you get older, maybe this will be something you will want to do. But I'm letting you know, and I'm being honest with you, that that's how it happens. And then there's other ways. And we talked about, you know, like in vitro and and, Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm, adoption mm -hmm. and surrogacy, like all those other ways that it can happen. But, you know, when she was asking, she was very specific. I want to know how the sperm and the egg meet. Isn't it weird? Like, this is just now crossing my mind, but isn't it weird? Because you mentioned in vitro, like... Isn't it weird that it would be so much easier to describe babies being made in vitro to a child than through sex? <laughs> like, I don't know why. It's just like so much more comfortable, like to be like, okay, and then we extract an egg. Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, I don't know, for yeah, some reason, really... it's so much more comfortable. But yeah. that just makes me realize how like anti-sex we are raised to be or, or to, you know, like how shameful we are taught that sex is that like... It, yeah. it almost like so weird. That's yeah. That's... I mean, when you said that, when you were like in vitro, it would be easier to explain. I'm just like, oh my gosh, I haven't even thought about how to explain really. And like, we have a book that explains it, and I've just like went through it. But I'm just like, but yeah, it could. And for many parents, it could be something like, okay, I know the ins and outs of how in vitro works, and I will. Yeah, get into I mean, it. easier, yeah. like just more comfortable, you know? Yeah, because like, you don't ha- at that point you don't have to talk about like sexual relations <laughs> or whatever. Um, but a- another thing you you talk about a lot that is like so 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 interesting to me, and I think like would have been hugely helpful to me as like a a girl growing up um, or just a person growing up. You talk about sexuality versus sex and how they are different. And I would love if you could like elaborate on that. Like like recently you posted something about how feeling sexy does not equal wanting to have sex. And the urge to feel attractive is totally normal in, you know, a developing human being. And like, to me, like when I was growing up and I was like a young girl, like I really had this very, I think more so than others, maybe like I had this urge to like be seen as sexy and like to try on this like character of like being a sexual, like just like being sexy and like, but I didn't necessarily want to fuck. Like, I didn't want to have sex. Like, that's not what it was. I wasn't, like, horny. I was just, like, 
to me, like I wanted, I don't, I wanted to try on like being a woman or something. And so could you elaborate on that? Like, what is the difference between sexuality and sex and why is it important? I am so thankful you're being so like, I, I do love your podcast because you're just so raw and and, and truthful <laughs> and honest. And and I'm, I'm right there with you because I am right. Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera, Pink, totally like that, that time frame, And it was like the low rise jeans. And I was like, I want to wear a boa constrictor around my neck and be just as sexy. But I was like, you know, 14 and um, did not have that body. So, so yeah, I, sexuality and sex, a lot of folks use those terms interchangeably and um, they're actually separate terms. And I would teach um, basic level 101 classes at university on human sexuality. And after I did the syllabi, I went straight into let's define what sexuality is because sex the physical act of sex, right? Vaginal, anal, or oral sex is just one part of a person's sexuality. Whether a person chooses to have sex or even has a desire to have sex or not, right? They still have a sexuality, okay? So that being said, so when you explain, the simplest way to explain sexuality is through using um, the five circles of sexuality. So the five circles of a person's sexuality is sensuality, uh, intimacy, identity, sex, and then um, sexualization. So I'll just go through them really, really quick. Yeah, please, okay. please, please, please. No, <laughs> so sensuality is what I was referring to in that in that that reel that I posted. Sensuality is the desire to be touched, to be cuddled, um, to feel attractive, to have someone find you attractive. That makes up your sensuality. The okay. next one is intimacy, and intimacy is really your vulnerability, the the risk taking. Um, so I always would say this is uh, saying I love you. That can feel make someone feel very vulnerable, right? Mm-hmm. To to have that trust and respect, and and to want that back from someone. Um, that's your intimacy, the feeling of closeness with someone. Then you got your identity circle, and this is the genders, right? Gender expression, gender norms, gender identity, um, gender roles. You've got also sexual orientation there. And then you've also got um, biological sex. So that's the identity circle. Then you've got sex. And the sex circle, right, sexual health circle, is the one most people focus on because it's the anatomy and physiology of the body, it's reproduction, it's STIs, STDs, and it's sex. It's vaginal, anal, and oral sex. And so a lot of people, when they think about the sex talks, they're only thinking it's that circle, but really it's sexuality included. Sure. And then the last circle is sexualization. And this circle um, is the use of sex or sexuality to control or manipulate others. So think... (gasps) sexual harassment or sexual violence or sexual abuse, um, those kinds of things. That's sexualization. So so is that kind of almost when it's like projected onto you kind of thing? Like, um, it, Yes, it can. It can be projected onto you. It, it, it can even be like something as harmless as flirting, right? That's okay. sexualization, using a flirtation to get something from somebody. Okay. 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 Um, something like that. Okay. Um, but yeah, it can go as, as deep as, as rape, right? Like, so, sure. so the, the sexualization circle, it's using sex or sexuality for manipulation. Um, so, so when we think about a person's sexuality, you've got a bunch of factors that play into it, their values, their religion, where they grow up, their culture, um, and all of that is influenced. So children have a sexuality, right? 
I'm okay. sure your son want, has sensuality, wants to be cuddled with you and wants sure, to, yeah. to be hugged by you and wants to have intimacy with you in that terms of not wanting to have sex, but wants to feel close to you. And they can have a bad day, but still come to you and know that you're going to be there for them because they trust you, right? Of course. Um, so, so when we think about sexuality, our children are sexual beings. They're just not having sex, right? And we are going to talk to them about sex because that is going to be a part of their sexuality if they do choose to engage in sex. Now, does sure. that make sense? Yeah, 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 totally. And so and I think if I would have learned this when I was a teen, like you said, that my desire to look sexy, to want other people to find me attractive, but it was okay to not have sex and not, you know, like to, you know, like I, I just think that would have been so helpful in knowing that I could be this person that was sexy, yet I didn't have to have sex. Totally. And I, I imagine that it would like, I mean, even as an adult, like that's helpful, you know, like it's how often do we like want to look sexy, but we're not necessarily like on the prowl or, you know, like, <laughs> like it's, it's, it's such a, in my mind, it's like something I'm still like working to separate, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, I'm <laughs> I think it's hard. I think it's something that um, when it comes to sex and sexuality, and that's why I, I like I, you hear me say, like, I want parents to have like the modern day sex talks. I want them to be able to talk about sex and sexual health and sexuality, because when you step back and realize that you're developing your child's sexuality and through having these sex talks, there's a lot to it. You're really helping them to build relationships that are healthy and that are they feel safe in um, because you are telling them that that is important part of their sexuality. Mm -hmm. um, and I think the this in my own personal view, I think the the talk about sex, the sex circle is actually quite simple. It's very medically accurate. It's very factual and you can tell all of that information in an age appropriate way. All the other ones, are a little bit harder because there's a lot of values that are influenced on those. Well, I kind of wanted to, this is like the perfect segue because I actually want to mm -hmm. talk about the other ones too. Like, yeah. for example, like, obviously, like, like, how do we talk about masturbation with our kids? Like, that is sex. It's part of sexuality. Yeah. It's strictly for pleasure. Right. Like it's like how like when when do we start talking about first of all, when are when do kids start masturbating? Because I feel like I've been masturbating literally as long as I can remember, like not even in a horny way. Like I just remember I remember being very, very, very young, like super young. And it just felt good to touch my clit or like what whatever I was touching. Who fucking knows at this point? But like it felt really good to me, not in like. I mean, not in like a, I wasn't thinking about like getting fucked or like get, thinking about penises or like thinking about anything like that. It just felt good. And I remember my mom telling me not to do that. And I, I remember so distinctly this one period when I was little that like my mom told me, like she knew that the second the covers go over me, like I'll start masturbating. So I remember her telling me like to go to bed without the covers on. And that oh. was her way of like preventing me to masturbate. Obviously, I mean, you know, 
you can probably deduce from that. I grew up with so much shame around sexuality and like, you know, my own sexuality and just like being a normal human being, which I'm now coming to find out. But like, so anyway, all of that is to say, like, when when do kids really start masturbating? Am I a fucking freak of nature? And no, you're when not. do we <laughs> thank you? When do we start the conversation about masturbation? Is that even a conversation? Like, is that something we just like let them naturally find out on their own and then we like what what please tell me, what do I do here? I will tell you. Well, first I want to tell you that your mom was probably doing the best thing that she could at the time with the information that she had. And a lot of parents I mean, honestly, like if we're lucky as kids, we get the sex talks or sex ed in schools, but there's not a lot of sex ed for parents. And sure, when our parents were raising us, I don't think there was very much for them um, as well. Yeah, so, and my parents are from Japan, so like even even less, even less. So <laughs> yeah, so definitely, I feel for your mom. She probably you know thought she was doing the best she she could, but now we have more information. So sure. First thing is first, this is the number one question parents reach out to me about is, is young, is masturbation in young childhood. And the, oh. they usually come to me with, um, because they're like, oh my God, I walked into the living room and my child was flushed in their face and they were red and their hand was in their panties. And were they like, how did it? And they're just they're 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 scared. They're they're like, did, was it, were they abused or something happened or right? Okay. And, and and I'm like, okay, let's let's pull it let's pull it back. Um, if we go back to the circles of sexuality, right? Masturbation would fall into the circle of sex and sexual health, and um, they are basically touching their body, and they found an area of their body that's very sensitive and it feels good to touch, and they're exploring it. Um, and that's majority of it. It's usually not any sexual abuse or anything like that. Most kids are just simply touching their body. They find something that feels good and it feels good to touch because there's a ton of nerve endings in the genital region. And if you think about it as an adult, if you step back, you walk into that living room, you see your kid masturbating or touching their genitals for pleasure and your adult brain goes, oh my God, it's it's sex. But children don't have our adult brain. They're just like, this feels good. This is like scratching an itch. This is like massaging sure. a muscle, right? They have no association. None of that contact, with, right. Okay, no association. It. That's okay. Right? They, they're just doing something that feels good. And okay. what you do in that moment can affect them, right? If you say, oh my God, take your hand out of um, your panties or your underwear. Don't do that. Right? Like if you were scratching your edge or you were getting a massage and, and somebody came in and said, don't do that. You'd be like, what was I doing? That was wrong. I didn't know. I didn't know. And it's the same for the kids. So you um, described it so perfectly. Like I feel like I was doing something like that's exactly what I mean. Where like I wasn't horny. I wasn't like thinking about sex. Like it just felt good. But then it became yeah. this weird thing because I was told – I was basically given, like, the message that that is something to be super ashamed about. So then it became, like, this weird thing. Um, so, yeah. Okay. You you described it, like, so, so, so perfectly. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, no, I, so I, I want my kids, like – so, I, I mean, I, I, I want my kids to know that it's – 
not shameful, but I also want them to know it's something to be done in private. Yes, yes. And so I was just going to get to that. So like in our society, right, we have a thing called social norms. And um, touching certain parts of our body in public is not socially acceptable. And so if you see your child masturbating, um, and you see them touching them, them, you're going to approach it from a sexual health aspect. And that's how I would recommend to approach it. So first of all, right, you're going to say something like, hey, you're touching your genitals. Is it hurting? Is it painful? Is it uncomfortable? Is there anything wrong? Okay, nothing's wrong. Okay. Um, Because if there is, I want you to let me know because I want to make sure you're taking care of your health, right? In all parts of your body. So if nothing is hurting, nothing's painful, then if it just feels good, that's fine. You can touch your genitals. You can let them know, hey, there's a word um, that we use for when you're touching your genitals specifically, and it feels good. That's called masturbating. Um, And if you want to masturbate, that's fine to do. Um, But we have some boundaries around it. Okay, it's not acceptable to masturbate, um, you know, in public or at school or at a friend's house. But in our home, if you want to do that, you can do it. And then you you say where, right, in their bedroom or something. Um, you can even put boundaries into it where uh, if you want to tell me that you want to masturbate, that way I don't come in or I can give you some privacy, that's fine as well. And, oh, interesting. And, and then you can let them know, hey, in our family, we believe masturbation is this. But there's going to be other people who say masturbation is this based off of their family values, right? And let them know that not everybody masturbates, right? Like you are, you're masturbating. Not everyone does that. And that's okay. Um, So when it comes to masturbation, I think um, it's definitely so, so common in, in young childhood. And it's definitely something that you want to talk about with your child, um, but most parents end up talking about it after they see their child masturbating. They never bring it up. They never say, hey, um, you know, you're touching your own genitals um, is normal. Like, it might feel good. And I want you to know that what that's called um, and let them have in, questions about it. In the case that, um, okay, like, let in the case that, like, let's say I don't walk in on my child ever doing it and they don't ever come to me with a specific question about it, like, what is the appropriate age to bring that up, like, on my own? Yeah. Or, like, proactively um, from my end? Yeah. So, right. Remember when I talked about pleasure and I said, like, mm-hmm. the brain development doesn't really understand pleasure? Mm-hmm. So they're doing this not in a sexual way. That's sure. hard for adults to understand. Very hard. They're doing yeah. this because it feels good and it just feels good to touch. Um, but we know that that can lead to um, an orgasm, right? We know that that uh, is very sexual. So when you bring this up with a child, it's very common that children start to explore their genitals in the um like late primary, uh, intermediate age. So six, seven, eight, nine, that's okay. that age range. And you can bring it up. You know your child best. You know if they've been touching or if you've been bathing them and they've been playing and they've been looking or they're, you know, um, interested in it or uh, they're comparing themselves if they're um, 
you know, getting changed with their friends for yeah. Wait, time can I bring something? something up on the side real quick? Like, did you like? I'm like, did you know? No, like, I didn't know that little boys get boners. Oh yeah, they get it from the day one, right? Uh, shock, <laughs> shocking, shocking. I can't even tell you how shocked I was. Yeah, because um, it's all yeah, about but, blood flow. It's, it, yeah, it has nothing to do with with sex. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that I have nothing else to add to that um, little thing I just said. I just like had to say it. <laughs> but a um, lot of people don't know that. Or, um, yeah, yeah. I guess. I guess if yeah. you, yeah. FYI, uh, everyone out there, little kids get boners. Didn't know yeah. that, but na- and now you do. Um, now you do. <laughs> okay, so yeah. that's that's really interesting. So, like, if they're not coming to me with like, like, oh, this I like. Or, or like this just happened to feel good or I, I see them doing it. Like mm-hmm. you think a good age to like start even saying something like that would be like in the intermediate age. Yeah. The intermediate age. Um, it's usually when they are like starting to kind of explore themselves a little bit. You may see like around seven, eight or nine, they have a very specific way they want to dress or they want to buy specific shoes or they want to present themselves in a specific way. And they may start to just kind of touch their own body or compare themselves um, to what they see around them. And the, the beauty of the, the intermediate age, seven, eight or nine is pre-puberty, right? So they, they don't mm-hmm. have any of the hormones affecting them and you are still the coolest person in their life. So they mm-hmm. are willing to talk to you and you can talk to them um, and talk to them. And I think take advantage of that age range because, and let them know hey, this is something that I want to talk to you about. Not everybody uh, talks about this with their kids, um, but I want you to know so that you're aware. Um, and That's a really can- cool point. Like it sounds like it makes it uh, things a lot easier when they get complicated in the future, like to lay the groundwork, like you said, when they still think you're cool and like, yeah. like have these hormones that are like confusing and – yeah, it, and and you just become a person that is a, a go-to person for them, like a that, safe like, hey, person, I, right? I can ask any question, and and um, and that's what you want. You want them to come, like. I want my child to come to me with sex questions, right? I, I really, really do, um, and I even know what questions they could possibly be coming to me with. And I'm just like, oh, I wonder why she hasn't asked that yet. Okay, let me think. Sure, about sure, it. sure. Maybe I should bring <laughs> that up, right? Um, but not everybody, everybody else is like, they haven't asked. So we're good. Thank right? God. Like, yeah. Yeah. But I think that's actually like the, that mentality, the latter, like is so, so, so dangerous. Like to be sitting around and like praying and hoping that they're just not asking me because they've gotten the information somewhere else. Like that is like the most dangerous thing. Cause yeah. like that information they're getting elsewhere. Like there's a good chance that's like bad information not age appropriate. They're not, you haven't laid the groundwork for it. Like that's, yeah, it's scary. Like it could, yeah. any, which I kind mean, of brings us to, oh, sorry. Yeah. Go no, ahead. Go ahead. ahead. No, I was just well, going to say the, the masturbation talk, like um, when you, when you do have it and it's so simple, like parents are going to be like, okay, so I've told them what masturbation is and they're just going to go masturbate and they're going to go touch their genitals and they're not, they're just going to be okay. like, oh, okay. And then maybe they'll come back to it later on when they like something, they feel something or they get a random erection, right. Um, that occurs. 
they may come back to it. But yeah, most times when, when you have a conversation about it and you tell them what it is, they're not just going to go and be like, well, let me go figure out how to do that. It doesn't usually work that way. <laughs> um, Okay. So of course it is impossible to talk about masturbation. And this is probably, I'm guessing it's like a little bit later on age wise, but like we can't talk about masturbation without talking about pornography. Like that sure, is, yeah. <laughs> that's just the world we live in today. So my my big question is like how and when to d- introduce the concept of pornography, obviously assuming and, and knowing that they will they will eventually find it. Like that is the world we live in. I think anyone would be so ignorant and just like to to say that kids are not going to find pornography. I'm sorry. Like the internet exists. There's no turning back. Kids are going to find porn. Like w- w- the fact that we found porn in the days of VHS, like <laughs> yeah. kids are going to find porn and probably earlier than we did, right? Like because of the internet. So like how, how and when do we start talking about that and how do we prepare them for that? I, yes, absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad you're on the, they will see it because they will. It, it yeah. is. Yeah it's statistically improbable that they won't. Okay. So they will. And, and when a kid sees porn for the first time, it will most likely be um, what we call an unintentional view. They didn't go searching for porn online. They searched something and porn related content popped up um, or came up as a search result and they clicked on it and saw it. Wait, can I tell um, you a funny story? Like kind of related of to that, the way <laughs> Um, personally, like I have come across accidental porn of myself when I wanted to show my friend a picture of what I looked like with bangs. And so I Googled myself and I wrote Asa Akira bangs. (laughs) As you can imagine, not a single picture of me with bangs came up with that hairstyle. It was just a bunch of Pornhub links. So anyway, so I just wanted to express that, yes, it is very easy to come across porn on the internet sure. when, when you're not even looking for it. Not okay. even looking Please for con- it. <laughs> Please That's continue. Hilarious. Yes. I'm sure you're like, I'm never going to have bangs again because <laughs> yeah. I can't find the picture. So we're just going yeah. to go away. <laughs> That's hilarious. Thank you. I'm going to use that story. Um, no. So... So yeah, so yeah, something porn related comes up or their friend might just show them something that they found that is porn and they didn't ask to see it, right? So mm-hmm. that unintentional view will usually happen um, around the average age is around 11. Now, because okay. that's the average, you have kids that might see porn earlier, right? Nine or 10. And then you have kids that might see it a little bit later, 12 or 13. Okay. But the average is 11 right now. So keep that in mind as I as as we go through this. Now, mm-hmm. when do you want to talk about porn with your kids? You want to talk about it before they unintentionally view it, right? Sure. So the average age that they're going to view it is around eleven, right? Um, you want to you want to talk about it before because you want them to know, hey, if you do come across it, this is what it is, this is what it's intended for, and I want you to implement the steps to come and tell me that you've seen it so we can go through it because you never know what kind of porn they're going to see. Right. And you want to be able to, that they've processed it um, because it's not intended for children. It's intended for adults. Right. Now explaining what porn is, is going to be the same, whether you're a porn star parent or you're a non porn star parent, we're all going to say the exact same thing. 
Okay. okay. <laughs> right. So. We're, okay. We're here we go. Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> right. We're all going to say the exact same thing. So we're we're going to say that porn is pictures or videos that are intended to arouse the viewer. Now it focuses on the genitals through sex and masturbation. So in that answer that you're going to tell your child before they unintentionally view it, you've said sex and masturbation. So you're going to need to have talked about what is sex sex and masturbation, what is masturbation before you have the porn talk. So if we're just going through here, right, this, this scenario, if the unintentional first view is 11 years old and you want to talk to them before they unintentionally view it. So 10, right? Nine or 10, you want to have this conversation so that they know what they are seeing and then they know to X out of it and that you can talk about it. When do you talk about sex? So maybe eight or nine. Um, When do you talk about masturbation? Seven or eight, right? And so you can see how when I try to tell parents, layering of information can be very helpful to Mm -hmm. get you to these talks because once you talk about the porn, you've got a lot more to talk about. And it's all about the other aspects of sexuality, relationships. It would be really hard to talk about porn if you have not talked about sex and masturbation yet. Yeah, sure. Like that, it would be shocking. (laughs) Right. And and that's just like the first tidbit of porn, right? Mm -hmm. You got a lot more to cover in in porn literacy so that they're aware and understanding and, um, you know, like, and sex work in general, right? Like you got to have these conversations with your kids mm-hmm. or I encourage parents to have these conversations with their kids because they're going to see it. And like you said, they're going to see it and it's usually going to be unintentional and it, it can, it can impact them um, because it's so prevalent, right? They see it and, and porn has a way of um, being like, Whoa, what was that? Okay. Um, and if you don't have a conversation to lay the foundation of saying, hey, this is what it is, and this is what it does, and this is why people watch it, and it's not intended for your age, but you know, as you get older, when you're an adult, you may want to watch it, you may not want to watch it, um, and in our family, this is what we believe about it, right? Like, so it's just, it, you're- how, how do you start, like, literally like what are the first words out of your mouth when bringing that up to a kid like is it do you know what porn is like it like how does that conversation start (laughs) because I I love that you like literally gave us like what to say right like porn is video and pictures made to in order to arouse people um focused on the genitals um like what how how, what do I say before that (laughs) Like, like, yeah. am I saying like, do you know what porn is? Or am I saying like, hey, I got to tell you something. It's There's something called porn. Like what, right. how do I start that actual conversation? That's a great question. And I don't know if I'm going to give you an answer that is perfect. Um, but it's, you can start it in any way that you want, right? So you can talk about it. I would, I would actually recommend and, and say like, hey, so when it comes to, like, we've been talking about sex, we've talked about masturbation, and it is now time for, I got to tell you about porn. And okay, and I would just do it in a way that is, it's kind of like ripping off a Band-Aid for a lot of parents, um, okay. because they're so afraid that they're going to maybe ruin or they're going to tell them something that affects them and um, 
uh, ruins their childhood, right? Or or um, they become like, oh, that's what porn is, and they just want to go and watch it, right? And and mm-hmm. what we we don't have a lot of research around like what the impact can be if you have these open and honest conversations around porn as an adult. But I can tell you from being a sex ed teacher, um, we didn't really talk about porn in the classroom. We really didn't have time. What we talked sure. about was like the basic anatomy and, and physiology and things like that. So bring it up as a parent, right? Like I wouldn't go with a question maybe, like, do you know what porn is? Be like, I've got to tell you what porn is. All okay. right. So um, Every, literally time. everything you've told me so far is like so much more simple than what I'm thinking, overthinking it, like what I'm growing it into be in my head. Like, yeah, because I think <laughs> sex is, it, we're made to think that it's this um, like really, really big thing. And if you, if you take away the religion and the values and the beliefs and all of the moral judgments and things that are, are put onto sex and porn mm-hmm. and, and all of those things, if you strip it all back and say, Hey, this is the, the factual information about this. This, mm-hmm. is the, this is the way to talk about the factual information at this age. And then I'm going to tell you about the values that you're going to oh, come across. This is all I want. This is all I want for my children. And it's all I wanted for myself. Like, <laughs> and, and you this know, is why I started making videos because I was, I was a stay at home mom. And I was just like, wow, I am saying things to my kids and these parents think I'm crazy. And mm-hmm. I'm like, because they didn't know the work I did prior to um, to moving to, the, to a new place. And I was like, you know what? I don't think there's a lot of great information out there for parents. I'm going to try my best and put some videos out there that give parents the actual words to say. Yeah, like explicitly tell me what the fuck to say. And you are. Thank you. Yeah. So in my um, videos, like I go into like teacher mode, like it's it, like it comes up and like you can say something to the effect of. And so you can actually say the words that I say or you can take it and adapt it. Right. To, to I, I love that. I love that you do that. In your videos, you also do a lot of like, your kid will probably react like this. And don't worry, that's normal. <laughs> um, so also like, so you mentioned that that talk is the same whether, and this is obviously like very greedy of me and like very personal, but like, do you, you mentioned that that, that porn talk is the same whether you're in the porn or you're, you know, just a person who consumes porn or maybe you're not even that. Like, so- so for me as a porn star, like, would it be like, I have that talk, I, I tell them what porn is, and then I'm like, and by the way, I make porn. <laughs> that is my job. Like, is it as simple as that? Yeah. Well, so sex work, right? So that's what we're, mm-hmm. we're talking about now. Yeah. Um, what is sex work is basically like the question you're asking. And for you, it's because it is your profession. So mm-hmm. um, I'm actually in the process right now of making um, a what is sex work and how to explain sex work to your child because I don't Amazing. I'm a video about this because I don't think that it should be left up to sex workers and porn stars to have to explain what sex work is to their kids. We all need to explain what sex work is oh, to our I kids. Cry. And <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it's true. It's when you're having the porn talk and you're starting and you're explaining what is porn, you're going to go into the porn literacy. You're going to talk about um, that 
porn stars and porn performers are working and their job is to um, have sex for entertainment, masturbate for entertainment. And the reason parents fumble here in talking about sex work is because of the so many values and judgments that are put on sex work. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's kind of what I've said. Like if you pull that back and you say, hey, sex workers, their job is they're adults who receive money or goods um, in exchange for uh, consent in exchange for consensual sexual activities or performances. That's their job. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. And you've provided the factual information. You've provided it in, in an age appropriate way because you're having this in the middle school age range. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you're going to share your beliefs about it. And what I would recommend to you, actually being a porn star and what you say to your child isn't very different than what I would recommend to a non-porn star parent. What you're going to say is you're going to do some people believe this and other people believe this. You're going to say some people believe that sex work and porn um, is an art form and it it is an acceptable entertainment to view and participate in as an adult. Some other people are going to believe that sex work and porn is unacceptable to view and to participate in for any reason due to their religious and cultural beliefs. And then we believe as a family and Mm -hmm. me as your mom, we believe this and you're going to follow it up. And then you're going to basically kind of roll that in um, that you work in porn and that is your job. But the thing here is great because you're telling your kid, this is what I do People have beliefs about that. Yeah, that part is. Our family does not. But your child doesn't have those preconceived values and judgments. That You're their Mm -hmm. mom. You've just told them what your family values are around it. And they're going to be like, okay. Right. Right? I get it. Okay, so that's what you do. And, And you can always follow this up with, you know, this may be a lot for you to take in and I want you to um, be able to ask me any questions or, you know, maybe you want to talk to somebody, not me, maybe a therapist or a child psychologist or somebody um, and ask them questions about this. But I want you to understand that this is my job. Um, these are my values around it. This is the the reason why I chose to do the work that I do. Um, and, and you're just going to go onto it. So your, your, your job is, has a little extra layer than a non-porn mm-hmm. partner. But again, so much simpler than like I had been imagining. (laughs) Well, Um, I love that you're thinking about it at at such an early start. Are you kidding me? This is like 50% of my brain at all times. (laughs) Um, And and like in that initial, back to like just everyone, but like in that initial porn talk of like what is porn, explaining what porn is, is that the same conversation where we're talking about porn sex versus in real life sex, um, fantasy versus reality. Like, is that because it, okay. It's, it's very confusing to me that like, and I can only assume that it comes down to the fact that we don't talk about sex at all as a society, but like, why is it that like, we can watch an action movie and know that that is 100% not real life, you know, like we can't go around shooting guns at people and driving our cars and flipping them over. Like, like that's so clear to us. Like we don't have to even be taught that that's not real life. And yet when it comes to porn, like it, it's very easy for, you know, a young person to believe that, oh, 
anal anal sex happens every time with no preparation or like a gangbang is completely normal and you know like why why can't I don't know what my question I guess one of my questions yeah. is why don't we just inherently understand that and two how do we make that inherently understood you you're raising a really great point I think um when it comes to the porn literacy porn talk like so you have to have the the basic like facts about porn what it is mm-hmm. why people watch it you know, what it's the technical talk, right? The technical stuff. And then you're getting into the entertainment value of it and, and what it is. And, um, uh, like the, like you said, like the preparation that goes the behind the scenes, the consent that you never see maybe in the entertainment aspect of it, or, um, in the type of porn that it is the fetish porn, because there's all these different things that people enjoy, um, that not everybody enjoys, right? Like there's so much to tell to tell a child um, about, right? And when I say child, I say a middle school, 10, 11, or 12, because that's the unintentional uh, view. But when you talk about porn literacy, I think you have to explain that. Like, so you take the, the main part of it and you may just say the main part, what it is, um, right? Before they unintentionally view it. And then you've added in a little bit about, hey, when you do see it, um, mm-hmm. you know, this is what it is. It's not real, right? It's this cinematic process. Things have been edited um, just like, and you can even make that comparison. I like that. I actually think that I should include that in one of my videos that, right? It's just like watching an action movie. It's just like watching a horror movie, right? Like those things are edited to make it more stimulating for you, to make you feel something, right? Great That's word, part yeah. of the art right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of people may say, well, like porn, is it, is it art? Is it cinematic? Well, yeah, it's, it's designed in a way to do something to make you feel something, right? Um, whether you want to get off or not, right? Like it's designed to entertain you. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think when we have the porn literacy porn talk, um, that's a separate part of it, right? You're going to explain a lot of that. And when it comes to explaining that, um, it's important because how prevalent porn is, right? Your kids are going to see it. And if you don't give them some basis to understand what they're seeing, yes, that can definitely spill over into their relationships, um, into what they expect sex to be like and what they expect, um, you know, a, a, a young 16 year old girl to, to do or, or wants to do right. Um, or, uh, yeah, or, you know, um, that he should be able to go for, for two hours, um, right? Like, you know, the, those kinds of things that you see that you don't really understand. So I, all of these things are part of, like, the porn literacy that have to get talked about with your yeah. kid and I, I mean, I feel like I, it's it's such a conflicting thing to, like, even be in porn in this day and age, like, specifically right now. Because, like, I'm sure things will get better, but, like, right now, like, like I, on one hand, I'm like, I'm so thankful that I get to like live life my way. And I'm like this sexually liberated person. I, I get to shoot porn. Like it's legal to shoot and make porn and I can be um, a sex worker and like take control of my sexuality, like blah, 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 blah. Right. Like these things are all great, but it's also like, I feel hugely guilty and terrible for, you know, people, young people growing up. And like, if, if you're first encounter with porn or like your first time viewing sex was like me in a blow bang. And that's like, 
forever like like your first impression of sex and that's what you think is normal like i imagine that that's like hard to undo you know like if if you have no context of sex whatsoever and then boom blow bang like in a warehouse me like with 10 guys come on me like that's I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, not that, you know, like I, I I don't. It was never intended for a person to view as the first thing, right? Like that wasn't your intent, right? And it makes me feel like resentful and mad that that's like what's happening. Like that's not, on one hand, I'm like, that's not my fucking responsibility. But on the other hand, I'm like, that sucks for that person. And it sucks for those people. So yeah, that's super important. And I think, I think, um, I think you bring up a, Excellent point again, because it is, it's not your responsibility as a sex worker, right? Like it, it just isn't. It's, it's our responsibility as parents to say, Hey, I've got maybe like 16 years to give you all the knowledge and information that I can to prepare you to be a healthy and um, confident and, you know, productive member of society in, in, a, in a way. And if you just eliminate like sex, oh my gosh. <laughs> Like you're, you're, you're taking away a huge part of, of this person's life, right? I think when I, when I talk to parents and I talk to a lot of parents, when I ask them, I talk to religious parents, non-religious parents, and then those in-between parents. And I say, mm-hmm. look, when it comes to having the sex talks, I know you're concerned. I know you don't, you're having difficulty talking about it with your kids. Let me ask you one question. Do you want your child to have a healthy and pleasurable sex life in the future or whenever that may be. And they're like, yes, 99.9%, of the time. <laughs> yes, I want that for my kid. And then they add their value in. They'll say, but I want it to be when they're in a, uh, when they're married, or I want it to be when they're in a, like a, a really long-term stable relationship. I, you know, I, I you know, of or like I not too to- many partners. Exactly. Or I don't want them to, you know, just have a bunch of casual sex, right? So then they add in all these little values around what that enjoyable and pleasurable sex life would look like. And I'm Mm -hmm. saying, okay, so let's pull it back from there and say, okay, you want your child to experience an enjoyable sex life. You got to talk about sex and you got to talk about all of these different things so that they are aware and they can build their bodily autonomy and that they can advocate for um, what they like and what they don't like. They've got to know that what they see um, in porn is not not real, right? Like they don't show you all of the behind the scenes, right? I mean, I wasn't I wasn't until I was in my 30s that I didn't realize what what was taken to, to engage in anal sex. I just knew anal sex and what it was. I didn't know how much preparation went into it, right? Yeah. Nobody told me that, right? Like it's (laughs) it's a lot of preparation. Um, And so, yeah, so I don't think the average 16-year-old or 17-year-old like who's like, okay, well, oh, well, my partner wants to try it. I, you know, I'm I'm up for it. They don't, no one's telling them. And and I think we're doing a disservice. So so whether, whether you're a parent that says, I want them to have sex and an enjoyable sex at that, that's fine. But let's talk about all the medically accurate and factual information that they'll need to know so that whenever it is happening, that it is enjoyable, right? Like it is pleasurable. That That's kind of, it kind of leads to like one thing I wanted to ask you, which is, and maybe you kind of answered it right now, but like, 
is it possible to raise a child into like this sexual human being or a healthy a healthy human being with a healthy mindset about sex if your religion or culture believes that sex should only be for like reproduction? Well, yeah, I mean, it's going to be hard for those parents that are extremely religious. And I find this with some parents, like they, they just, they're like, but I, they, they have to lead with their religion. They have to lead with their values. And I say, if I can help you, and the only way I can help you is if, if you say, okay, I, as a parent, you are in, you definitely should share your values with your child. I absolutely agree. As a sex ed teacher, I could never, ever share my values. I can never say when a kid, I remember the student asking me, um, when, Miss Kathleen, when is the right age to have sex? And I was like, that is a great question. Um, I can tell you the legal age that a person can have sex. I can tell you um, the things that you would want to consider before you have sex and, you know, how to protect your sexual health when you do decide to have sex. But I cannot tell you the right age as a parent. I can tell you what I believe and my value around when the right time to have sex is. And I will will share that with my kids because that's my belief. But if you're a a parent and you have a very strong religion and believe that sex should only be for procreation, you still need to tell the factual information and then add in the values of of that. And I think that's really hard to separate. Right. So your suggestion to like those, first of all, I don't think any of those people are listening to the fucking Pornhub podcast, but but like, but like maybe they are. And like your suggestion to that parent would just be like for a moment, just separate it and, and put the sex ed first. Put it first, put the factual information first, because then you know that they know, Hey, if, um, if, uh, I don't know if if something comes out of my penis that feels stinging, I know that that's not okay, right? Mm-hmm. And I should go and and, and and but if you're always saying, "Hey, um, only uh, dirty people get STDs," and that's your value, that's what you've been telling them, then maybe they don't go and get that taken care of, and it leads to infertility or something, right? Like, I just try and say, like, try to to separate it a little bit and say, you know what? I want them to protect their health. I want them to know how to take care of their sexual health. If you can, um, when when do we talk about STDs? Like, what age range is that? Oh, uh, um, so STDs that can definitely uh, middle school. You're going to want to talk about it in middle school. It's around the puberty time frame. Um, so when they start getting horny, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. you, you, you want to tell them about STDs. I mean, I think the STD talk and like the birth control talk and mm-hmm. um, maybe condoms. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I tend, I feel like a lot of parents feel very comfortable with those talks mm-hmm. because it's all about like, don't have sex. Um, sure. Sure. Because that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, that but if you talk so about sense. it in a way of, Hey, these are things that can happen. If you do have sex, you, there's a total way you can have that conversation that is definitely leading with pleasure and leading with, I, I just want you to know when you do decide to have sex, these are some things that can happen and here's how you're going to take care of yourself. Sure. That, yeah, yeah, that, that totally um, makes sense. I, I like be as a sex ed, former like sex ed teacher in schools, like, do you feel like, 
and I have a feeling I know the answer, but like, do you feel like, can we count on schools to give our children sex ed? Oh, I think schools are. And and I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to get you to like knock schools here or anything, but like, should there be a parent out there that just like really fucking doesn't want to do any of this? Like, is it enough to just be like, oh, they're learning it in school? I would say, I would say, I would say no, like they're not learning it in school. I mean, when you, when you look at the statistics around sex ed across the United States, um, it's, if it's mandatory, um, there's only, I think half the states or something to that effect that have mandatory sex ed. And then, um, then it's left up to maybe the school districts on how they implement it. There is no like certification that teachers need to have in order to actually implement sex ed in a way that is inclusive and um uh factual and 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 age appropriate and things like that i mean a lot of teachers the reason i would go into schools was because they were so afraid to teach it they didn't want to say the wrong thing and then have a parent get upset with them and lose their job sure there there was it was like okay why don't i bring somebody in who knows how to do this and i know it's all being done according to our state's laws around it um, and I guess like you were saying earlier, like things like like porn isn't spoken about there. And oh I can God. see how like I can see how in a lot of states, maybe like, you know, a lot of people might really object to like that being taught in a school. Like I can yeah. definitely see how maybe as a country, we're not there yet. No, I mean, yeah. I Well, this is the thing. They also don't give you a ton of time. So usually sex ed is in a health class. That is maybe, you know, the first like a a semester long Mm -hmm. and the sex ed portion of that health class is maybe like I have like a week to tell you everything. Mm -hmm. And of Mm -hmm. course, I can't tell you everything. Um, (laughs) Not to mention like that that raises the fact that like like as a parent, you can be the safe person for them to continue coming to you with questions about for their whole life. Whereas a sex ed teacher, you might only know for like a year at best. Right. Like. Exactly. Yeah. Like you're just, uh, and then there's no, I mean, and, and then I'm also very limited in what I can say. Like I, I can't provide any values. I can't give you um, information, you know, like <clears throat> it's just, I think parents, um, I really, really, really encourage parents to embrace it. Embrace this idea that, Hey, I can talk to my kid about sex. I can, um, it doesn't have to be this one talk. Like I can, I can just start now. And I can start saying penis and vagina and, and asking them for a kiss or cuddle. And I know that the next question they're going to ask me is, where do babies come from? And let me just prep for that one. I love this idea of layering. Like, I, I think it's it, – that, like, makes it – that to me, like, that's a very understandable concept. Like, I like it paints a really clear picture to me. And, like, oh, thank you. I'm so glad you say that because like when I was developing, like, how am I going to present this information to parents? Because what I, when I was like, oh God, I was, it was during the pandemic that I decided to start a YouTube channel. And I was just like, okay. So I told my husband, I was like, I'm going to start a YouTube channel. He was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I was like, yeah, um, I think I can do this. And, and, no, and I feel like, way more confident after you, you knowing all of this. Stop. Oh, good, good, and, 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 and yeah, you're you're so important. Like that's such important work. Thank you. Oh, thanks, thanks <laughs> for saying that. I mean, I, I'm literally talking to a camera when I drop my kids off for school, <laughs> and then I like edit it every night, and then I like post it, and then I get 
a few parents that are like, I don't agree with you on that. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so it's really but great to hear. That's what sex. <laughs> but that's yeah. like the nature of talking about sex, right? Is like, that's the whole point is like, there are so many people that don't um, want to do this or don't agree that this is sex should be talked about. And that's the problem, right? So yeah, I, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, hopefully, hopefully this is um, inspires some parents to, to, uh, to have the sex talks. Also, like you say, like, oh, you record these videos and I like to me, like you are exactly who I want this information from. Like, like you've taught sex ed, you are a parent, like you, you know what I mean? Like you are exactly who I want this information from. Like I, I actually don't want it from like, some 900 year old doctor like that with no kids and like, you know what I mean? Like to me, like, that's not like, that's not the person I want to hear this information from. Like I. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of the same way. I, I remember when I was teaching sex ed and I would like have these parent nights and um like there was one parent night where this parent and I would like what the parent night was is I would go in and I would tell the, the parents of the kids that I would be teaching the whole curriculum. I'd say, Hey, this is what we're going to talk about. And um, so that you are aware and you can continue these conversations at home. Mm -hmm. Now, this parent, I remember him clearly, he stood up and he was wearing a police officer's uniform and he was like, ma'am, do you have kids? And I was like, no, I don't. He's like, okay, because if you had kids, there's no way you would be saying that they would go through this <laughs> curriculum. And I was like, well, you know, the research and the science and everything says that this is good, blah, 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 blah. But, which is also so valuable. <laughs> By the way, like, right. like not saying that that's like nothing. Like that is so valuable. Yes, and and, and it totally is. And 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 so yeah. So I ended up like his kid. Um, this school had a, a no opt out option, so all the kids were going to get sex ed. That's why they did the mm -hmm. parent night. Like, hey, come ask your questions, but all the kids are going to get this information. And mm -hmm. so I ended up teaching the the class, and I, it was actually a couple weeks I was in the class and. One of the the students came up to me, um, and and she, this was a uh, twelve years old. So it was like a middle school seventh grade class, and she came up to me and she was like, "Ma'am, Miss Kathleen, I really loved everything you taught. How do I go about getting birth control?" And I was like, "Oh, well, that's a really good question. Um, I would encourage you to talk to your parents about it, and um, and and I'm sure with your health insurance, you can." get something or you can go to different places, but definitely talk to your parents. And she's like, I can never talk to my dad. He is just so close-minded about this and he won't listen to me. And, and I looked on the paper and I was like, Oh, there that's father daughter right there. So like in the parent night, he was like, this is stuff that isn't ready for my kid. It's too much. Wow, you don't yeah. know. And then the daughter is asking me where she can go to birth control. So yeah. I saw the disconnect between parents and what they thought about their kids. But then I was in the class teaching the kids and saw that they were really wanting a lot of information. Yeah. And so when I became a parent, I remember like when my kid asked me um, for the first question, it was like, where, like so, how, so how does, how does the baby, um, how is the baby made? And I was like, it's go time. Like it's go time. I'm, I'm, I'm on, like, this is my job. And now this is my kid. And I'm, I've, I've got to do this. You and I, twain. Let's go girls. <laughs> and I, and I, said, I said, that's a great question. I don't know the answer, but we'll talk about it. <laughs> like psyching yourself out. Exactly. 
but I love that. I love that. Like in the very beginning, you said like that's an option. Like it because it gives you a beat to like get your thoughts together and say the right thing rather than like hastily saying the wrong thing. Right? Like that's right. Right? Like and 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 at the beginning at this age, like I mean, my daughter is six and. And right now she knows, she knows she can come to me with any question. And I am always like, you know, you can come to me with any question. And what will I do if I don't know the answer? She's like, oh, you'll look it up or you'll tell me you don't know because you don't know everything. And I'm like, I don't have to like shout it at me that I don't know everything, but you're right. (laughs) I don't know everything. And I'm willing to find out because I want you to have the right information. That is what I want. That is what I want. And I think that's what we all want. It's just like, it's, you know, it's, it's hard. So I think, I think that's. Oh, sorry to cut you off. No, I think no, that no, the parents, like we want to do the right thing. We really do. And we're in, we're in this like parenting mode for such a long time. Like we're like constantly like just parenting, like telling them how to get dressed or that's not appropriate. It's raining out. What are you doing? Like in shorts or it's, you know, three degrees outside. Um, And, and we're constantly parenting. But at the same time, if we think about it as Hey, we're parenting right now, and then we're gonna get into this like as they get a little bit older, this like friendship where they come to me with questions and we talk about it, and and you know I'm still kind of advising them and guiding them, but I'm not parenting per se, right? And then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. they're gonna become a young adult and they're gonna make their own decisions and they're gonna do that, and I hope they want to come back to me and share that with me. Um, and, and you know, like if we think about parenting as I have this limited time. I got to get information in you because I, I want you to be prepared, but I know that I'm going to have to let you go baby bird and, and, yeah. and make mistakes and do the things on your own. Um, I think, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just my parenting philosophy, but because I was so focused on sex ed, I just kind of take that sex ed philosophy of give factual information, tell them in an age appropriate way, and then add in our values, let them know that other people have different values And you can apply that to almost every aspect of parenting. Yeah. It's thank you so much. I I feel like I seriously feel way more confident like after this conversation. So thank you so much. Um, And also I definitely urge people to go check out your YouTube channel as well as your Instagram because like those little videos like so, so, so helpful as well. Like it, it, it paints it in a way where it's just like so clear and easy to understand. And like, it's, I just love you. <laughs> <laughs> I love it too. I'm so glad that um, this has been uh, so helpful because I want you to succeed. Like I want every parent to succeed in these talks and feel inspired and confident and, and prepared to do it. Um, For sure. And I mean, like the, the other parents that are giving their kids these talks, like your kids are going to be fucking my kids. So I, yeah, I want everyone to have this information too. <laughs> exactly. Yes. We want them all to be having good, enjoyable, pleasurable fucking, right? Like that's what we want. Like yeah. in, in the end, that's what, that's what it comes down to because um, we're sexual beings. We're all sexual beings. Yeah. So Thank you. And yeah, no I'm shame. On, <laughs> and no shame. Exactly. So yeah, I'm on. I'm on Instagram, um, and I'm on uh, uh, TikTok as well. And then of course I have like my long form educational videos that like go through exactly what to say on YouTube, and that's where I like my teacher mode comes out on on YouTube. Awesome. So, yeah. And and yeah. like, should we? Should we? I, I'm gonna post all of those links um, when yeah. I 
put this podcast up, but should we just say this? Oh, say oh, say yeah. the links really yeah. quick, so just in I'm, case. Like, I'm Kathleen Hama on on YouTube, or you, if you look it up, uh, it's time for the sex talk for parents. That's YouTube, and then the rest of them is the Kathleen Hama, um, and that's where you can find me on on Instagram, TikTok. I'm even on Facebook, um, even though not a lot of people, not a lot of people are there anymore. Um, well, so. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and I, I'm cool. actually launching a website. I'm launching um, my my website um, this month. So that's KathleenHema.com and um, uh, Hema's H-E-M-A. And yeah, and you can actually like book time there to like talk with me one-on-one, just kind of like how we did where you can ask me questions and, oh, incredible. Um, and, and just get like, hey, I'm a mom. I, I can tell you, let's have a conversation about what you're concerned about. And yeah, like go from, go from there. Oh man. That's, that's like, that's amazing. And and I will link all of those. So you can all always check that out on wherever you find me as well. So yeah. um, thank you so much, Kathleen. Like you are incredible. Thank Thanks you for so being much, with Austin, us. Thank you for having me. I really, <laughs> really appreciate it. I'm, I'm I had so a really grateful. good time. Oh, me Thank too. you. I did. I was so nervous in the beginning. And now I'm just like, I just want to keep talking to you. Like, let's go get drinks. Um, yeah. The ultimate compliment. Well, thank you so much. And bye, okay. everyone. Bye.